0: Calm down for box. X-5, X-1, fire. I don't wanna grow up, don't wanna grow up. I don't wanna grow up, don't wanna grow up.
1: Welcome to the Toys R Us Report, a weekly journey into the life of a guy who spends more time in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots.
0: Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, this week, it is going to get so much less weak. We got... We got so much fun stuff. We're going to talk about John Wick 2. We're going to talk about a wrestling show I went to. We're going to talk about Lego Batman. It's going to be so great. So without further ado let's hit it.
1: You are listening to the Toys R Us report. It's hard to be the man. They trying to tie down both hands. I got to use my brain, maintain and expand. Some don't like what we do. I say... It, they're critics too I don't contemplate with them I just concentrate on you
0: that is that is very true advice man you gotta focus on the people who gotta focus on the people who like what you do and what you what you are and who you are as a person just gotta remember there's always gonna be people out there who for whatever reason don't dig you man you just gotta psh, 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 knock that off your shoulder and keep on keeping on so this past Monday. We were lucky enough to be able to attend a WWE wrestling show at the Oracle Arena in Oakland. That is, that is where the uh, Golden State Warriors play. It's right next to the Oakland Coliseum where the Oakland uh, Athletics play, my beloved Oakland uh, Athletics. So we haven't gone to see, like, big time wrestling as a family And, well, this was actually 2.0's first time seeing, like, a big-time wrestling show. We've seen some smaller shows, some indie shows and things like that. But this was, you know, this was her first time going to see the big-time WWE. This, uh, this variety of WWE was known as SmackDown. There are two, two different main varietals, SmackDown and Raw. Raw is, they favor the color red. And SmackDown favors the color blue. There isn't... There isn't, like, a lot of difference overall. Except they have entirely different dudes. And they never cross over. It's... It's like how the American League and the National League used to be in the day back before they started doing, like, a interleague play. They they might meet, like, at one of the big pay-per-views. But this is all irrelevant. This is the brand that has that has the man known as John Cena. And John Cena is by and far the biggest star in wrestling right now. He is, he is one of the only wrestlers that 2.0 has ever even heard of outside of, outside of me talking. He has some kind of fame as a meme. I don't know the exact meme. I think that, I think that what I recall is like they'll show you something and then it's kind of like a rickroll of sorts, but they trick you into seeing the, uh, famous John Cena entrance music, and then John Cena appears. I think that's it, but I don't know. But she knows him, she knows him as a meme, and if I, I knew that if I was gonna get her to go see Wrestling With Us, that it would have to be, it would have to be with John Cena, and I'm all for it, man. Cena's dope, as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk about that, we'll talk about that during the, uh, the course of the thing. I'm telling you, you know, I know that not everybody out there is into wrestling but i'm going to try to keep this focused on just like the entertainment aspects of what i saw at the show i'm not going to go like match per match i'm not going to sit here and like do a uh, a road report or anything it's just going to be it's going to be about the trip and what i observed being in a wrestling arena so we had to go to Oakland it's maybe it's like an hour and a half from here it's not even a big deal at all we stopped we stopped at McDonald's across the street from the arena that had, it had the smallest ice machine I've ever seen in my life. It was like a single serving ice machine. It was not the one that's part of like the big soda fountain, you know. It was like one you would have in your kitchen. And there was like the longest line I've ever seen for people getting ice. And this thing would only dispense like one cube at a time. And everybody there wanted to fill their entire cup with ice, so it was taking forever. I... I, myself, I am aware that the soda in the fountain is already, uh, it's already chilled. You don't need ice. Ice only waters it down. I do like it, but I wasn't willing to wait in a line for it. So, we got there. I got my drink. We left. Went to the arena. And our seats were... They were in, like, the end of the first tier. We had, like, our backs were up against a wall of sorts. But we were... We were near enough that you could definitely see guys' faces, and they had, they had, like, an overhead sort of, a uh, monitor unit that was, you know, also showing the action. They, they had the big ramp, and they had the big, uh, I know it is a TitanTron. That's what it is to me, it's a TitanTron. They had, not, like, the full-size TitanTron like you see on TV, it was maybe, like... A half Titan Titantron that would play the guy's entrance, uh, videos and stuff. They started off with... They started off with, like, a few boring matches. The first match was, like, a four-way tag team match. There were, you know, eight guys in total. Uh, two teams of four. The second match has... This... It's, like, Road Warrior knockoff tag team called the Ascension. But only, like, the bigger Ascension was wrestling. And he fought this guy named Mojo. And that was... That was not all that great. And then they kind of like finished off the first segment by having the uh, another another four-way match, as I recall. I'm trying not to make this into a road report. But they had Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles and The Miz. And who was the fourth person in this match? It was, oh, this big guy named Baron Corbin. I guess his gimmick is that like, he's a lone wolf, like he's out there on his own. Doing his own thing with his long hair and his heavy metal lifestyle, and every once in a while, like, he'll show up at the arena, and uh, knock people out. I guess I don't know. I don't know what Baron Corbin's deal is. This match did something I did not think would ever happen. It got me to, it got me to completely turn on the this guy named The Miz. This guy Mike. Mizanin, I think is his name, came up as a reality TV star. He was on the real world, and then he was on like the real world road rules challenge, and his character on the reality show was like, I want to be a wrestler someday. I want to be a wrestler called The Miz. And I guess WWF saw that and they gave him a shot, and he's been around for He's been around for a while now. He's had He's had a lot of success. He gets into like these low-budget WWE movies that they make time from time, I think. Like, he's been in the Marine, he's played a cop, he's in these really bad movies, but he is, he's pretty much, like, a hated dude in wrestling. And it's, it's sort of like, it's this interesting sort of dislike that people have for him. They dislike the fact that he gets to be in the movies Fans don't think that, like, this guy's deserving of starring in the WWE movies. People don't think that he deserves, like, the push that he's got because he's not very good. But he's taken it, and he's made it part of his character as sort of this privileged movie star guy. And live, The Miz was... He was pretty good. He cut. He was the only guy who cut a promo before the match. He is from... He's from Cleveland, and last year I don't know if you know this or not. the The Golden State Warriors lost to the uh, Cavaliers in the basketball championships, and he he's like, "Hey, I'm a you know I'm a Cavalier fan," and blah blah blah. And he just started talking all this crazy junk, and people were people wanted to lynch him before he even spoke. And once he started running down the Warriors, he called he called Steph Curry a dork. It it was it was pretty funny, and then. He also, like, he has a hot wife that he brings down with him. And she acts as, like, his manager, like, his valet-type, you know, person. And the two of them are a good act. I've turned the corner on The Miz. He didn't win the match. But it was still a lot of fun. So, at this point, they had, like, an intermission. And we walked around. They had only, like, one merch booth in the whole place. She wanted to get, like, a poster. that had these uh, autographed John Cena posters. But the line was out the wazoo. And... You would have had to miss a couple matches to get the poster. It was whack. They only had the one, one station. Oh, I didn't even mention this. We sat next to the dudes who were trying to start a chant. There's always, there's always like a group of people in a wrestling crowd who are trying to, trying to get like chants started, various chants of sorts, and we were, we were right next to these guys, and they were, they were pretty foolish. In my opinion, they were yelling foolish things and making uh you know, making a scene of themselves. But hey man, it's wrestling. You can do whatever you want. If you're not there to if you're not there to be a goof, what are you there for? But during the intermission, these guys left and I saw them at the uh at the merch booth, and then when we, we came back to our seats, they had bought a replica of the Intercontinental title belt. And a replica of the Money in the Bank briefcase. And, like, each one of those is, like, 200 bucks. I'm like, these guys are nuts. Who likes wrestling that much? I saw they had a uh, Money in the Bank briefcase lunchbox for, like, $15.99. That's more my speed. I don't need a life-size. Life-size replica of a briefcase with a sticker on it that says Money in the Bank. You don't need to even know what that's about. If you're wondering, like, what is... What is the money in the bank briefcase? You don't even need to know. If you need to know, you can look it up. It's just like a wrestling, a wrestling trinket, a wrestling trophy. So after the intermission, during the intermission, they had, they had a girl and I don't know who she was, but she was going around the arena and she was like talking to people. She was like, you know, she worked for the WWE. She was like going around, she was talking to people and they would, they would project, you know, who was over there getting like trivia questions asked onto the overhead monitors and that's how they kept people entertained during the intermission. They also They played some videos and stuff. But then when we came back they had they had the girl match. And that might have been the like the most overmatch up until up until the main event. People went nuts when Nikki Bella came out. She seems like a bigger star than a lot of the other ones because she has she has like a reality show on the E. She has two shows. So she seemed like a big star when she came out. People are going nuts People went nuts for Becky Lynch. They went... They went ape for... Um, Natty Neidhart. When she came out, she's... She's the daughter of the famous Jim the Anvil Neidhart from the Hart Foundation. And when she came out, the place went... The place went bananas. But Nikki Bella got, like, a gigantic reaction. And after that match, they... They took it down a notch. And they brought out this guy named Dolph... Dolph Ziggler. And he wrestled some other guy. And it was... Very slow paced and very boring. And at this point, we considered going out to get merch, but I didn't. I didn't want to walk across. We were in the middle of the row, and I didn't want to like go down, and have to go. Excuse me, excuse me, thank you, thank you, like twenty-seven times, getting out of, out of our row and back into the aisle. And I don't know. So we didn't do that. We watched Dolph, and it was pretty boring. And finally, it came the main event. At first, they announced like it was a tag team match, and they announced. First, the evil team, these these two guys, uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Bray Wyatt's like this hillbilly, swamp, Satanist, cult leader type. And I guess this dude, Randy Orton, has joined the cult. But then, opposing them was like one of the former cult members, this guy named Luke Harper. Who's like a seven foot tall, hairy, disgusting looking, swamp, hillbilly, redneck dude. This guy looks so gross, but he's out there like fighting for his freedom from the cult, so you gotta appreciate, you know, what's what's going on here, and then as his partner, the one guy who's gonna stand with him against these these Satanists, it's the man himself, John Cena, the man we all came to see, and when they hit John Cena's famous music the music that sounds the music that sounds a, a bit like this jumped in the air threw their arms up and john cena came out and it was it was so much fun this dude is this dude is such a star man he is such a talented performer he um he's playing it smart right it's like a tag team match but the other guy luke harper is in for the entirety of the match getting beat up by the uh other two guys, while John Cena's on the ring apron, and he's selling like, he's getting the beating, like watching this guy get beat, is taking it out of him too, and he's, you know, he's like, he's begging the crowd to, to come to life, and you know, cheer and get ready, and people are going crazy, and he's, you know, he's out there, he's cheerleading the whole time, he's working hard, to, uh you know, to bring the match up, the best he can for the outside, and he's doing his thing, he's doing his thing, when he finally, he finally gets everybody into it. He he gets the hot tag. Uh, Harper escapes from the hillbillies. And he gets the gets tag to Cena. And John Cena comes in. And he's running wild. And the place just exploded. When Cena came in. And he's punching guys. Kicking guys. Beating them both up. But they kind of they get the heat back on Cena. And they're going bap, bap, bap. And then Cena's able to like throw Bray Wyatt out of the ring. And then the guy... The other guy, Randy Orton, like, runs up to give John Cena his finisher, but Cena counters it, gives him his finishing move, one, two, three, pin, and the exact moment that John Cena jumps up and throws his arms in the air, they hit that music again, and the place became (laughs) pandemonium running wild. time is up. my time is now, now. You can't see me, my time is now, now. It's the well, I'm now. now. This episode of The Toys Are Us Report is brought to you by Kellogg's, and by Corn Fox. The cereal that possesses the flavor, of your lost friends and ancestors, watching over you from the distance, just to make sure that you are safe. Corn Fox, by Kellogg's.
1: In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Good afternoon, Mr Wick. I'd like a taste Excellent. Block 34 and 26. It's the with the What's next? Something robust. AR-50. Desert, Do you have anything bold? I suggest the Benelli in 4 Put a little a- dessert. The finest cutlery. Well done. Do enjoy your party. Put a little a- John Wick. Chapter 2 starts February 10th.
0: John Wick Chapter 2 stars Keanu Reeves. It was directed by Chad Stahelski and it was written by Derek Kolstad. In the opening weekend, it made um, 30400000 That's pretty good. It runs for 122 minutes, which is a bit long in my opinion, but I did enjoy this movie. This is, of course, the sequel to 2014 surprise hit John Wick. Which, which kind of acted to resurrect Keanu Reeves in the in the action genre? John Wick. The title character is he's a hitman, and he lives in a very stylized world that is just chock full of chock full of hitman. Now, what John Wick wants more than anything is. Just to rest. He has tried to retire from the game. It's a brutal game with gunplay, murder, fighting, and all that kind of stuff. And he has... He's tried to retire many times, but every time he does, something pulls him back into the game. And in this one, what pulls him back into the game is a... Is a marker. He... He made a... An agreement of sorts that... He would retire from the game and this one guy, while having a debt over his head, agrees not to call in the debt as long as John Wick, as long as John Wick stays out. But he came back in 2014 and now he's, now he's calling in that debt. I know it all, it all seems a bit confusing, but it's not. When you see the movie, it's all, it's all very straightforward if you do go choose to see it. There is... A lot, a lot of good action. It is just scene after scene. It starts off with a very good car chase. And then there there are fights and gunfights. And all kinds of exciting action. I do have to admit that over a two hour period it gets a bit exhausting now. That's not going to say you're not going to enjoy yourself. But you you might leave a bit tired. But... It's cool. The scenes are nice. The fights are they're very interesting. Keanu or John Wick rather has a very like a very straight-ahead economical style of fighting. He's not he's not messing around or showboating. He he tends to like kick people in the knees and punch him in the throat and kind of break their wrist. He's that kind of a guy. He'll like grab your wrist, twist it, spin you around, punch you in the throat, kill you. And When he's gunfighting, he's very similar to that as well. It's not, there's no kind of fancy showmanship. He's just point, shoot, point, shoot, point, shoot. And it, it seems, you know, realistic for the genre. I don't, I don't know how realistic it is for one guy to kill hundreds of guys, but in this, you know, his style, it's so unflashy that you almost believe that this guy could be doing the things that he's doing. If that makes any sense. And, you know, I, I hope it I hope it makes a little bit of sense. One thing that I was thinking about during the course of the movie is we're supposed to we're supposed to be in favor of John Wick finding peace. And I don't know if I so much am. The dude is in the career of murdering people for money. Over the course of his life, he must have murdered people who were innocent. He must have murdered people who, you know, the the payee was trying to get insurance settlements, you know, all sorts of shady stuff. And I think the way that John Wick keeps getting pulled out of retirement may be it may be karma. It may be just his bad actions coming back to get him. The dude the dude honestly doesn't deserve peace as far as I'm concerned. He's a professional murderer. And while that may be that maybe I'll find a good in a world where seemingly every second or third person is a fancy professional hitman in the real world that doesn't fly and I'm going to rate it with my I'm going to rate this fictional character with my real world morality and I'm going to say John Wick I don't know how much of a rest you deserve so I don't know how much of one you'll be getting and I'm sure I'm sure that the John Wick saga is going to continue because this movie it's doing pretty good. It didn't it didn't win the weekend. The other movie we saw in fact did that, but this was fun. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it maybe 3.25 2. 3. 5 mics 3. because it's long and it does kind of play a bit long. So 3.25 mics.
1: Gordon, new police commissioner. What? It's my dream to team up with Batman.
0: Batman works alone.
1: Every day swipe my card and I do wow.
0: it. Barbara, you're Batgirl. If you call me Batgirl, can I call you Batboy? <laughs> no. The Lego Batman movie. Why did you build this with only one seat? Because last I checked, I only had one butt. Maybe PG. February 10th. I have been waiting for this movie since since I first heard of it's inception and I mean that I have I have been waiting like with bated breath I have wanted to see this so bad and now it's finally here I have seen it and I absolutely loved it I thought it was great I thought it was terrific it was just just so much fun let's hop on over to let's hop on over to tomatoes and we will see what what they have to say about you it over hell. there. The movie is currently at ninety-one tomatoes and then eighty-seven popcorns, which is which is the peeps. That's the people. That's you and me. That's what we think. We're not we're not loving it as much as the critics, but we are loving it quite a bit. The movie the movie plays for ninety minutes. It's the perfect length, and over the weekend it made fifty-three million dollars. It of course stars Will Arnett. As Batman, Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, Michael Sarah is Robin, Rosario Dawson is Batgirl, and Ray Fiennes is Alfred. That is, that is the makeup of the main cast, and they are, they are all just so dynamite. I, I think that Will Arnett is one of the best Batman's of all times. If, if there wasn't Kevin Conroy out there in the world, then I would have to say that. That he is the best. He plays this over-the-top Batman where he is completely unhinged. And he is very spoiled and immature, I guess, is the way that I would put it. He's like he's like a petulant child. He is also, obviously, he's a billionaire, so he has a billionaire's resources. And dude is just... Dude is completely off the rails. He is more, he's more fun-loving than the Batman that you see when you see these normal uh, movie Batmans we've been getting nowadays. I think that, I think that when they made that turn to where Batman was, when he was going to be so dark and he was going to be so gloomy and brooding, he wasn't going to enjoy anything in life. I think when they, I think when they made that turn, they really, they really lost something with the character because sure having a tragedy like that affect you when you are so young is going to it's going to uh it's going to take a lot out of you in in your adult years but you will you will get over it you'll never forget it but you will grow past it at some point but this Bruce Wayne character he never grew past it he never he never became anywhere near the man he could have been he became somebody who was great but he also became somebody who was who was deranged? I like I like this version of Batman, where this this did happen to him, and it you know it it drives him, but it also didn't stop him from being able to get enjoyment out of life. I I feel like the the Dark Knight Batman is he can't enjoy anything. Everything he does is just ruined by something that happened to him. So so long ago and it doesn't it doesn't make him any less of a hero that he is so brooding but it makes him more of a tragic figure and that that affects my enjoyment level when I'm watching it. I don't want I don't want a happy go lucky Batman, but I do think that a fun loving Batman worked just as well as a dark Batman. If you think back to, you know, the 60s Batman, that was a very very successful run. They weren't doing the exact kind of things like they were on the show in the comics, but they were doing, they were doing a lot of wacky stuff and it was pretty successful. A wacky, a wacky fun-loving Batman can definitely, you know, work in certain situations. I, I think now how Batman, the whole entire last Batman Superman movie was that Batman was going to straight up murder Superman he's gotten to the point where even though he believes he has some proper motivation he's gotten to the point where the man is he's almost a psychopath and he's going to murder Superman that's not a story that it's not a story that a lot of people want to see it's not as enjoyable as having Batman fight the Joker and use a shark repellent to keep the to keep those predators at bay that stuff that stuff's a lot more fun. take that any way you want and in this version of Batman he he definitely enjoys fun it's a fun loving family movie, and it's dino might uh we were planning on going as a family you know the the trifecta we were gonna go, but then you know we we had uh two point gal paleau and she wanted to come, which is great i don't I do not mind and then they had another friend of theirs who who wanted to come along and When they outnumber the adults, it's going to be them sitting separately. If you dig what I'm saying, they don't. There's more of them than there are of us. And they don't want us ruining their fun. So they sat, they sat like three or four rows in front of us. And throughout the whole entire movie, they were laughing. They were laughing hysterically. This movie had me laughing hysterically. It had some teenagers. It was like 15 and 16 year olds. And they were cracking up and there were kids in the movie and they were cracking up this is a super terrific fun time i really i really can't say enough good things about it will arnett's a great batman zach galifianakis is a great joker jenny slate is a really nice harley quinn rosario dawson it was just so dope as batgirl if they wanted to go ahead and make a batgirl movie heck if they wanted to go ahead and make a batman movie with rosario dawson in it i would I would watch that. I actually think I heard, I heard Kevin Smith say that once he was, he was talking about who would I cast as Batgirl? He's like, well, how about Rosario? And he goes, well, you know what? Why not just make her Batman? If they, if they wanted to do that, I would, I would definitely go check it out. The movie, what is the plot of the movie? What is the story? More or less, it is another tale of Batman fighting the Joker, but also, it is the story of how Batman and Robin came to be together, following Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, taking over for her father, Commissioner Gordon, as the as the police commissioner of Gotham City. She's a re- just recent graduate of Harvard for police, which is which is a pretty prestigious school. If you happen to be like trying to get into into law enforcement, I, I definitely recommend you know the. The curriculum at Harvard for police. One thing, one thing that they do that I was extra, extra delighted about is they, they threw in a million small-time Batman villains. When, when the Joker first attacks, he starts off with a wave of B, C, D, E, and F list Batman villains, and I, I was able to track down a list online of who, who appears, and I want to... I'm going to just go over that a bit. Let me, uh, good thing I, good thing I didn't lose my connection. You know, we have, we have dial up here on the station and every once in a while it just falls off, but we were, we're lucky enough we still have it right here. So let me, um, this might take a second, might take a second to load. Uh, there's a lot of graphics on this. So let me, let me tap about here let me see if I can change this to text only. This will definitely speed up the... Speed up the going, so, alright. This is, this is what we're looking at. There were other small-time villains associating with the movie, ranging from the Penguin, Man Bat, Captain Boomerang, Captain Boomerang makes his second appearance in a movie, Egghead, Crazy Quilt, Crazy Quilt's great, I can't believe this guy ever made it into anything, The Eraser, Polka Dot Man, Mime, The Tarantula, King Tut from Batman, Killer Moth, that's the that's the uh, the Adam West TV show. You So you got King Tut from that. You got Killer Moth, Mar Chariot, Zodiac Master, the mutant leader from The Dark Knight Returns. I didn't see that guy, but I've always digged him. Dr. Phosphorus, Magpie, The Calculator, a favorite of Engineer Nerds, The Calculator, Hugo Strange, who is, he's played by B.D. Wong on um, the Fox show, The Red Hood, the Kabuki Twins from the Batman. That's the, that's the cartoon. And then the Gentleman Ghost. This guy, he appears a few times in the movie. I, I've always thought this was one of the best designs in all of comics. He, he's a ghost, but he's dressed like, he's dressed like a gent. He's wearing a white suit, tuxedo with tails, top hat. He has a monocle. He has a walking stick. White pants. He has spats, and he just. He looks dope. He's one of my favorites. And then the Clock King, Calendar Man, Kite Man, Cat Man, who's dope, Zebra Man, and a variation of the Condiment King from Batman the Animated Series. Now, who would ever imagine a movie world where the Condiment King is out there shooting mustard and ketchup at Batman? And that's what you get. I think think that sums up the movie just as well as anything. There is a point where the Condiment King is shooting mustard at the Batman. What more, what more could you ever, what more could you ever want out of anything? The movie is in that neat Lego world where they are Lego blocks and they also build things out of Lego blocks. At times they have to very quickly like put together a ship out of Legos to save them from, you know, like crashing into the earth or whatever. I wonder, I wonder what happens when you crash to the earth. I just imagine you, you break into pieces and then somebody has to put you back together. It's not, it's not the worst fate ever. It's not as if It's not as if some, one of those creepy kids, you know, every neighborhood had the creepy kid that would like to burn his toys. It's not as if, not as if one of those guys has gotten a hold of you and is now melting your head into, you know, like a flat, a flat piece of plastic. Then, then toward the end of the movie, after, after you get past the waves of the uh, D-listers, the F-listers, as it were, The Joker goes and recruits himself a team of villains from outside properties. I don't want to, I don't want to blow any of this, but he, he brings in some big guns from other movies and things, and this got me thinking that, now I don't know if you'll ever see it, but I do know that they also have Marvel Legos, and they have Star Wars Legos, and they have... They have just about every Lego thing that you could want. I wonder if we will ever see the day when there is a massive crossover from the main Lego properties. Like, could we see Justice League and the Avengers versus Star Wars versus, I don't know, Ghostbusters, but within the confines of the Lego universe? I think that would be dope. I think I would go. I think, I think everybody would go. Everybody, everybody with everybody with a soul this movie was just a hoot i can't recommend it high enough what what a weekend we had for movies we got john wick 2 which while not my absolute favorite movie of all time or anything has earned itself 90 tomatoes and you got this movie and it's in the 90 tomatoes too this is a 180 tomato weekend what more what more could you ask for i am going to i'm going to go out there and i'm going to give lego batman four Four mics a big solid four Four mics i see robots radio
1: world of vintage and current film and television since 2010 Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions Game over, man! It's game over! GeekFest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all! So say we all! Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube and at geekfestrants.com made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report.
0: Man, oh man, jumping Jehoshaphats and all that sort of stuff. Hold on, I'm reaching for something. Oh, look, behind my computer, I found something that I have been looking for for a while. On my desk right here, I have a, uh, I have a Sulu Mini Mate and i lost his uh, lost his phaser a long time ago and when i was reaching for what i was reaching for i found the phaser so hold on one sec they are now reunited and it feels so good let me put him aside let me continue to reach what we are what we are rapidly approaching is is something known as the oscars and i i normally enjoy the oscars i think it's pretty fun i see I see most of the movies, so I'm not gonna go like this is my Super Bowl because that's that's kind of silly, but it is it is fun for me and it is not important, but it is something that I do you know enjoy taking in. When I used to work at the movie theater, every year we would have a big employee party for the Oscars. It would be at this restaurant, this Mexican restaurant downtown called uh, a- Acapulco. Acapulco. Sadly, that restaurant's not here anymore. The building still is. It's a pizza place. I haven't gone there, but it looks okay. It's like a local pizza place. At at any rate, ever since I've been going to those Oscar parties back in the day, I, I do appreciate it. So let's, we're going to do just like a quick once over on the Oscars. It's not going to be, not going to be a big deal. Don't worry. It's not really that great of a year. Oftentimes they'll throw something in the mix to kind of get us genre fans motivated you know for example they had Mad Max was up in the mix and that made the whole show exciting and some people thought that maybe Deadpool could get a nomination and that would that would make it a bit more fun but it didn't so I don't know I'm not I'm not overjoyed with any of the of the selections but nevertheless I think We're just going to do the actor, actress, best picture kind of stuff. Let's start with actress in a supporting role. I am going to support Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures. I believe that, I believe that Viola Davis from Fences is the favorite. But I'm going to go with Octavia Spencer. I saw Hidden Figures. I saw, I saw most of this. And I thought that, I thought she was great in it. Great movie if you haven't seen that. Actor in a supporting role. I am going to pick Lucas Hedges. From Manchester by the Sea, I don't think that, I don't think that he's gonna win. But he was, he was so terrific in that movie. He really, he really carried it. I think, I think that the winner is going to be um, the guy who was Cottonmouth on Lucas, on Luke Cage, the guy from Moonlight. Uh, Mayhershala Ali. Mayhershala Ali. Shala Ali,
1: Maya Shala Ali.
0: Moving along, actress in a leading role. This one here, I'm going for a long shot. I'm going to go with Meryl Streep. I have not seen the movie that she was in, but at the Golden Globes, she cut she cut a pretty pretty uh, fiery speech about some political issues and. In my opinion, that, that kind of put her in the limelight around the time people were voting. And I I could see it definitely going that way. The Emma Stone is the favorite. But as much as I love that movie, and as much as I like Emma Stone, I think she's great. The idea of Academy Award winner Emma Stone doesn't sound right to me. But that's never stopped that before from happening, so... It could be, but I'm going to go with Emma Stone. I mean, uh, Meryl Streep, brother, And the actor in a leading role. I'm going to go with good old Denzel Washington from Fences. I think that Casey Affleck was terrific. Ryan Gosling was terrific. And so was Andrew Garfield. But I think they're going to go with good old Denzel. For director, I am picking Damien Chazelle from La La Land. That movie was great. And... I don't think it's going to win the best picture. So I think they're going to throw it they're going to throw it that way. My pick for picture of the year is Fences. It's a bit a bit of a long shot. I think that I think that La La Land might be the favorite, but I I got a feeling. I got a feeling in my heart and my gut and my brain. I guess when you say you have a feeling in your heart and your gut, what you're actually saying is you do in fact have a feeling in your brain. So I got a feeling in my brain that Fences is going to take that away. Do you know about the web game known as Hollywood Stock Exchange? I think that we've also talked about this before. It's like a movie stock game. You buy stocks in movies and actors and whatever. I play it. I think it's pretty fun. I've been into it for years. Uh, They have a derivative where you can bet on who is going to win the Oscars and... I um I put my money on fences. I put I went max as much as you're allowed to buy and went on fences. It was it was pretty inexpensive. I also I bought some moonlight too just to kind of kind of hedge my bet. They were both they were both fairly inexpensive so I didn't I didn't mind taking the risk. So there you go. The Oscars are going to be coming up on Sunday and I'll watch them. I hope you're watching. If you do print out a ballot and check it off. It's more fun. Print out a ballot for everybody there and check it off cuz it's more fun. It's more fun to participate that way in in my humble opinion. What else is cooking in the world of stuff? Oh, I got a comic the other day on eBay. Let me let me talk about that for a sec. It's not not the most thrilling of all the stories ever told, but I don't think you, I don't think you tune in here for thrilling stories. I don't, I don't know why you do, but I'm glad you do. Maybe, maybe you could let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Robots I-S-E-E Robots, as if, as if you are looking out for them. So, I got a, I got a minor character first appearance. That's kind of like the bread and butter of my collection, to be honest with you. I enjoy off-the-wall characters, and this is this is kind of a good one. I got Tomb of Dracula number 25. It came out in October of 1974 and it is the first appearance of Hannibal Kink. That's what it says in the description. I got, I got a terrific deal on this. I think it came under four dollars altogether with shipping and I have to think it's because they misspelled Hannibal King as Hannibal Kink. Lucky Lucky for me, I have a saved eBay search for Kink, and it came up. I don't actually have that. Hannibal King is the dude that Ryan Reynolds played in the movie known as Blade Trinity. That's the one That's the one with Jessica Beale and Blade and Chris Christofferson, and they're all they're all teamed up together, you know, to fight vampires. I really I really dug the Blade movies. I I didn't see them when they came out for whatever reason. And then one day we decided to go to the movies and we saw Blade 3. And I thought it was pretty fun, so we caught up on the other ones. And I think that Blade 2 is one of the best of all the Marvel movies. And it it doesn't get a lot of credit. And in Blade Trinity, the one with Hannibal King they were trying to like spin off another thing having Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds like the prettiest cast in movie history uh doing their own thing out there in the fight against evil vampires I could dig it it didn't come out never worked out but it could have been cool I guess anyway Hannibal King is a minor minor character in Marvel's pantheon I don't I don't even know if he has an entry in the handbook. Let's let's take a look. I got the handbook over here. I'm thinking thinking he does not. That would be what my gut says, but... Let's go through here a bit. Dun, 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 uh, 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 H through J. Hangman through... um Juggernaut. Nope. Goes right from hangman to hate monger. Hate monger, that is a scary looking dude. He looks like he's in the KKK. Weird. I don't know if that would, that would fly today. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do an episode on this guy one time. Oh, dig this. I have had the opportunity to hear the latest episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. It's, it's going to come out this Friday, so keep your ears to the street. It is. Super fun, he continues his stories of interest in music. There are some break dancing stories that are just they i'm not even exaggerating. I was laughing like out loud in my house. This is a great show i I think it's super fun, and I think that you you gotta check it out man he's he's a good guy he does good work so that's gonna be that's gonna be this upcoming Friday, so keep your ears to the street like I said a minute ago we're we're gonna get up out of here. I think I think we got enough show. Um. So this one this one goes out to Engineer Nerd, who, if I timed this outright, should be pulling into the parking lot of his work as as of right now. So this buds for you, Engineer Nerd. This is your boy, Icy Robots. This is the Toys R Us Report episode 109. We will be back next week with what is surely going to be one of, if not the best topics that we have ever covered. I, I am so looking forward to it. We are going to delve into the top five pizza toppings of all the time. It's going to be pepperoni talk, sausage talk, uh, black olives, anchovy talk. We will talk about chicken on pizza. We will talk about ham on pizza. We will, we're just going to be talking pizza and it's going to be It's going to be so much fun. Now, everybody out there, pizza is the one thing that ties us all together. There are a million different varieties of pizza, but pizza is something that we all love. Pizza, it might be the best. It might be the greatest. It might be the most exciting, most fun food of all the times. And next week, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it pretty hot and heavy. We will go over that, and then we'll discuss a bunch of other fun stuff. I don't know, man. It's always always cool to get together with you guys and chit chat about about what's going on so make sure to go over to twitter that's at icy robots and then we are on facebook as well facebook.com backslash icy robots and icy robots.com i-s-e-e-r-o-b-o-t-s with that keep your keep your ears peeled for that mr sensational gino vega So for me, Iceberg, Engineer Emily on the mix, everyone else out there in the whole entire world, I'm signing off. Icy Robots, if you don't know, (laughs) now you know. This has been an Icy Robots radio production.